This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I am joined once again by Jim Sebastio in studio. Jim, welcome. Good to see you. Thanks, Brian. Always great to be here. So we want to tackle a topic uh, today that kind of flows out of a topic we recorded about a month ago. We did a podcast about how do pastors receive new members in from other churches, sometimes many times situations that were difficult in that church and they're coming out of hurtful situations and how do we care for those folks do we receive them how do we relate to the other pastors we want to kind of piggyback on that for this topic and deal with what happens when these people leave our churches Uh, we are uh, when what does it mean to be a member of a church the relationship of a pastor and, and and his people and how do we as pastors care for people who feel like they no longer feel this is where they're supposed to be at church under the leadership of these particular pastors. That's what we want to tackle today. So, Jim, can you kind of set just a biblical framework for this conversation as we dive in? Yeah, Brian, I think we there is there's a biblical and a practical, a theological, and even an emotional framework uh, for all of these. But I think when we try to think through this biblically, we want to ask ourselves uh, some questions and then... Really, we want to, as best we can, think of ways that we communicate these things to the flock and how somebody comes into church membership, et cetera. So a couple of things that came to mind, uh, come to mind, Brian, as we think about this is, first of all, what is membership? And that when somebody becomes a member of our church, what, what are they doing? What are they committing to? Uh, theologically, practically, relationally, what are they entering into? And so that when they want to exit that, uh, what is being said? Um, So for instance, when you join a particular flock, is that flock more than a preaching center? Is Mm -hmm. it more than a place where you go, uh, as one song says, to get your worship on? Do you simply go there to listen to the music, listen to a good talk, share a few pleasantries and leave? Or is this, as the Bible would teach it, is it's a family. And so the relationship that these are brothers and sisters or that it's a, a, a flock, a place where I am fed and cared for. And then I think that touches upon the mutual relationship that pastors have with the members of their of their congregation and what i've realized brian over the years is that how i view members is often different than how members view me and and what i mean by that is i say to folks when you come and become a member of this congregation then you are asking me at least i take it this way among other things you're asking me to shepherd you you're asking me to give an account on the last day for your soul which is what the bible says we watch over souls as those who will give an account he was 13 right right so if we take that seriously then the care of that person that whether that person's thriving or not uh, whether they're Um, victorious or whether they're in warfare whether they have good relationships or bad relationships a good marriage or bad marriage those things weigh upon us Mm. and at times make us sleepless and our guardianship we carry them with us we love them we want to nurture them and feed them and see them thrive 
but sometimes people don't you know view pastors as a bit more interchangeable sometimes you know mm-hmm. at a given church you might go through 10 15 pastors in a lifetime so mm-hmm. he's a better preacher than this one but they're not really that attached as a good shepherd should be to his sheep well and the the, the amount of pastors that come and go in churches oftentimes right. just aggravates this idea that much more so what we're really saying then is that there's a biblical understanding of the church as a family. Right. That you commit to each other. There is there is spiritual, massive spiritual implications for a pastor to give an account for his sheep. And from Hebrews 13, 17, 1 Peter 5, and those things. So how we view that is really what the starting place for exactly. this, Exactly. Right? So when that person, a person under our care, a person we've committed to lay down our life for, that we feed and pray for, and love and and strive to serve says I don't want to be here anymore. Mm. Um, again, there's something usually has gone on. There's there's some degree of of disappointment or pain or sin or broken relationship uh, that's gone on. Maybe it's disappointment with us. Maybe mm. you know again we've overstepped a boundary. We've not been there for them. We've not cared for them like we should have. But something's gone on that that this is different than hey the guy used to show up at Burger King is now going to McDonald's you know it, yep. it it's a different view than that we 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 are going to as pastors and this is two pastors and we're going to feel like in what way have we failed them uh, in, in what's going on can this be recovered so those are some of the questions I think yep. we need to deal with as we. Yep. Face this issue. So I think we. So if you're listening to this, you first need to establish in your own church situation. You know what is the understanding of membership? You know, is there is there a church covenant that a member yeah. agrees to? Right. A standard that is expected of every. Is there a statement of faith that people have to agree to to become a member of your church? Like, these are tangible documents that are helpful in these matters. Because if you don't set a standard for membership, you have nothing to work. You're just all of a sudden working from the opinions of everybody who's right. involved. And then you have the, in, the mentality of whether people who are members of your church see you as a shepherd that they're entrusting their souls to, or whether they're just, you're just a hired hand preacher, right. as you described. So how do we so how do we sort through the the membership issue uh, in talking about this? So you're dealing with somebody who says they want to leave. Uh, or there, and they have different reasons for that. How does a pastor go about that based on the standard of membership that's been established? Okay, so I think one thing, one of the questions I think you're asking with that, Brian, is is church membership unilateral, or is it in a sense bilateral, trilateral? So and, and what I mean by that. that is, somebody comes and says, "I want to join your church." Is that okay? And then they're in. Is that all you need to do? So right. all I need to do up here to join a gym is pay a fee and sign it you know and if i don't show up big deal if i decide to quit it's all on me it's really unilateral right they can they can deny my credit or whatever but you know you get the point of what i'm trying to say yeah or is it then so bilateral might be either the the elders you you apply the elders interview you and Mm -hmm. trilateral i'm including in that you know the, the congregation right so in some way bilateral with the person with the congregation congregation leadership so that all of us are saying not just have you reached out to us but we are receiving you we are receiving you into membership Mm. and if it's this bilateral slash trilateral however you want to view that that is that it involves the congregation and involves the leadership 
as far as entering into, then what does that say about somebody wanting Wants to leave? to leave, right? Is, is leaving unilateral? Coming in is not unilateral, at mm. least in most of our churches. Is leaving unilateral? Is it simply somebody says, I'm done. I, mean, I, got, I, I got a resignation one time and simply said, I quit. That's all they, that's all they wanted to say. So let's, let's talk about that for a minute. There are, let's, let's take these in two categories, really. One is, they, let's assume we're working from the standard you described, that there is a process to become a member. Mm-hmm. To ultimately, the elders, and even in some churches like ours, the congregation has to even affirm them to become a member. Right. And that process is entering into that, and they're agreeing to a covenant that everybody else agrees to. Right. Then as they want to leave, there are really two categories, I think broad categories to work from. One is, are they leaving because there's a sin issue? They, you know, they committed adultery. They're being called on it. So they just want to resign their membership and leave and not right. face that. Or is there relationship issues that have gotten hard in the church? Or a, one of the pastors hurt somebody and they just can't regain that trust. Right. Not necessarily a sin issue, but a relationship issue. Let's let's talk from those two categories. So first, the sin issue. How does a pastor, when he knows that somebody wants to leave, but but there's a clear sin issue and they're wanting to avoid the church and you, how does a pastor deal with that? Well, I think they have to care enough to deal with that. And I think they need to recognize that at least some degree of investigation, and that can sound overly... Uh, Um, formal some degree of interaction so somebody comes to you they either write a letter send a text an email or have and say pastor we need to talk Um, um, either we're thinking of leaving or again in very many cases we've already made the decision so you've not even been involved in any of this it just it just sometimes it's the very first time you've ever heard there's any dissatisfaction you've not picked up on any vibes, any interaction with them, they've not let you know, but but they're investigating other churches, they might be gone for a Sunday, and um, you know, that's where they are. They're looking at other churches in the area, so something's already happened, they've already made that decision. But I think you need to at least interact, and we talk together. Right. Um, you know, I love you, I care for you, uh, has something happened? Have I done something? Have one of the other pastors done something? Is yep. there a relational issue? Uh, what's gone on that's brought you to this? And then sometimes you need to you just need to ask the hard question: Is there is there anything in your life that you're running away from that you're yep. afraid that is going to be uncovered, and that you're running away from discipline that would really be helpful to you? Yeah, uh, in in the preserving of your soul. So the first thing, really, then, is for a pastor to uh, look into the situation, reach out to the person. I've I've watched pastors who, out of personal hurt, just hearing that somebody maybe wants to leave the church, just kind of shun people. Exactly, and that's that's wrong. The right. pastors are wrong, and I don't care what the issue is. So we have, if if we truly see ourselves as shepherd, and this is potentially wayward sheep, we have to go after them. Right. Let's say, though, they discover that there's major sin they're trying to avoid. Then how do the elders, how do pastors and even the congregation deal with that? Yeah, well, I think then you need to follow the, the you know, the process of discipline. Right. And, and so you, you, you can't, you have to say to them, we've had situations like this, I, I want to resign, uh, give whatever reason, you find out the other man's committing adultery. Yeah. And you say, you, you need to repent, they don't repent. 
It's going to be brought before the church, and, and you're going to be, you know, in this case, excommunicated. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, you're going to get your wish. You're not going to be part of the church anymore. But there's a very great difference between being put out of the church and excommunicated by the church and simply unchurching yourself. That's an important distinction. So for those who are curious about, like, it may sound like a semantics and do they resign or do we discipline them? Right. But actually, 1 Corinthians 5, when Paul talks about that, he's really clear about the, the act of putting someone out of the church because of gross sin that brings reproach upon the gospel is is for the sake of that person's soul that has exactly. gone wayward. And, and how you view them, how you pray for them, how you interact with them, right. you and the congregation, yeah. is all going to be different versus somebody who's gone to another church because they like the youth program better right. or they not being fed or there's a relationship that's gone sour or they just can't stand the sound of our preaching anymore whatever the case might be that's all going to be handled differently and thought differently even though in both cases they're remo- they are being removed from your fellowship and from that particular identifiable yeah part of the body of Christ. Let's go there because this isn't a podcast on discipline. So let's shift to that other side. I think even the sin, leaving people leaving to avoid sin issues is pretty more, is more clear cut in my mind. Here's the other side. So in the last two years, we we haven't had a lot of this in our church, but in the last two years, there's been two different families leave our church. One left because they could not, they could not affirm an elder we put forward. Okay. And, so when we put them forward, they felt like they could not submit to this particular elder's um, role. Okay. And, and so they left over that issue. That, That's weighty, I think, in some ways. It is. And, and, the, and you know, th- the reality is it's complex and messy. It's, it wasn't just about that issue, but that was the main issue put on the table that kind of caused them to leave. And then another family left over, they would acknowledge, like, were secondary issues. It was nothing primary. But over many years, just small things, little disagreements, decisions we made and all that is it just eventually led to them feeling like it was time for them to to go to another church. They sat with us. We ta- had good conversations about it. We yeah. even we we took care of them all the way to the day they went to another church. So that, that's a complex issue, Brian, because and and again, you want to you don't want to sound cultic. And so you can't ever leave. But at the same time, you want to say, are, are we a family? Right. And do you give up on family over these secondary issues? So I think some of it gets down to, again, that a lot of people have a misinformed view of really what it means to be part of a body. And you say to yourself, well, you know, yeah, I have all these secondary issues. And in some cases, you say, yeah, you know what? I think you're going to be happier somewhere else. We want you to thrive we want you to go to a place where you're happy to go. You know, it doesn't, the Bible doesn't say, I was miserable when they said, let's mm-hmm. go to the house of the Lord. And sometimes somebody does become miserable. Those secondary issues, they get to the point where they become festering wounds because they haven't been dealt with early on. One, and, of the, one of the things that makes this tough is this was confusing to a lot of people in the church because our church looks at our church covenant and, and what we've agreed to as, as a church as members, and they are trying to sort through how does how does a disagreement on secondary issues that aren't primary fit into this, and people trying to, one, be gracious, and two, sort through 
okay, this is a commitment we've made to each other for better or for worse. So these things get get complicated. How do we, so what kind of advice do you have for a pastor, Jim, as a member like this? So I've had this happen a couple times last couple of years. Neither one sin issues, I would say. Right. You know, just, but these are tough issues. And then you have your own personal hurt you deal with. You have the congregation who's trying to make sense of it. And yet what we ended up doing in both cases is is still, you know, blessing that you say permitting. I mean, a lot of people are just going to leave anyways, but right. seeing the commitment, we still wanted to say we we want to tr- we transferred their membership in other words to right. vote, to other places. Right. How yeah, do you as much as lies that? within you be at peace with all men. That's right. I, I think there's a recognition that in some of these cases given the realities of humanity that there's not going to be the ideal every time that this works out in this wonderful way. So th- and at some point you say somebody they're just you know, you, you try to deal with it, you exhort, you exhort toward repentance, you give exhortations regarding love uh, and commitment, and they're just not going to budge. And, and, you know, that in itself is, in a sense, you know, impenitent sin, you could argue. But are you going to press it to that point right. where Depending somebody on the situation, is right. unchurched and disciplined, and you know, or do you say... These are just parts of the realities of living in a fallen world. Can I? I'm going to read just real quickly, Brian. This is something from my confession of faith, the, um, the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith. And in chapter 26, in dealing with the church, it says this in paragraph 13. No church member, upon any offense taken by them, having performed their duty required of them toward the person they are offended at, ought to disturb any church order or absent themselves from the assembly of the church or administration of any ordinances upon the account of such offense at any of their fellow members, but wait upon Christ and the further proceedings of the church. Mm-hmm. So what it's saying is, obviously, the, that was written over 300 years ago. Right. Folks have been dealing with this for hundreds of years, right. thousands of years they've been dealing with this. And it struck me that these men, when they wrote that confession, were, were tired of people just getting up and going because mm-hmm. they, they were offended. And they tried to put something into the consciences of the Lord's people to say, please think very seriously about what you're doing. Yep. You may eventually go, uh, but we want to make sure that we have, we've just not written these people off, that we've demonstrated we love them, we care for them. And we may even, Brian, I think you mentioned here, because we want to wrap up uh, in light of time, we may eventually even guide them to another flock where we, because we want them to be taken care of. We want to make sure that they're thriving, that they're not going to walk away and then be churchless. So one final piece of advice um, for pastors who are listening to this. We've said a lot of different things, but is there one thing that sticks out to you, Jim, as we wrap this up that... um, that you would want guys to be thinking about as they deal with the hurt of somebody coming and saying, we think we need to leave another church or, or leave and go to another church. Um, and it's not a sin issue. It's just either a personality thing. It's a relationship thing. It's decisions that were made. What piece of advice would you give them? Okay. Our goal as pastors is to get the sheep to heaven in the best shape possible. Mm-hmm. So that's our ultimate goal. Yep. And I think we have to have the humility to say if, if they are not able to thrive with us and we need to put them in a place where they can thrive. And we have to deal with the hurt. I, I've had to deal with the fact, Brian, sometimes with some, when somebody leaves, I am so focused on my own hurt and my own pain that I'm not recognizing where, they're, where they are 
hurting or in distress and I'm, I've made it about me and not about them. Yes. And, and love doesn't do that. That's not loving. I, I, you know, I'm not really loving them if I'm focused on myself. So right. to shepherd them faithfully is we weigh the matters out. We treat them with love, treat them with respect. We interact with them. We try to deal with the issues. If we can't, then we help them to transition to in, into a healthy state. And I think, Brian, in doing that, we've dealt with them in a way that would make it easy for them to return. Um, and I've had that happen. I've, I've had probably half a dozen times folks huh. have, have left our church and wound up back. The benefits of pastoring somewhere 27 years in the same place. It does. You actually might see that a little bit. Right. One piece of advice I'll give at the end here is that, you know, do all you can to deal with your own hurt and let God's grace minister to you through that. Do all you can to care for those sheep well. And then there comes a point, especially when they're leaving because they can't receive your shepherding like they need to be able to, is to resolve to let them go and, and to release them, realizing that if there is something that's happened between you as the shepherd and them as the sheep, that um, regardless of what the covenant says, that you see that that's just not being resolved right now. And it just might be better for them to be able to go somewhere and, and have a fresh start somewhere with another shepherd. And it, and it may be healthier for the flock. Because, and, and it helps for the Because flock. a bitter person has the potential of grieving the spirit. Right. So I, I would encourage guys to, it's okay to let go. Do all you can, let go, and and let Jesus sort it out. Like a lot of times we want full resolution with all these things, and sometimes it just doesn't doesn't happen. But to realize that, that Jesus is still on the throne, he's building his church. The church is bigger than our local church. Amen. And that uh, God will sort through those things. We have enough burdens with those who are, are in our, under our care and really want us to care for them well. So I've had arguments with guys that say, no, you, you fight for it. And I have found that those who have leave under these circumstances, it's always been good both for them, for me, and actually for our, our church. So I think there's a balance in holding people to the standard of the covenant, of the agreement of membership and things, and at the same time realizing it's just not that cut and dry when, when things go bad. One final thing, Brian. Yep. Do you, when somebody has left, what, what level of communication do you feel obligated to continue with them? That is to check on them, to send them a text, send them yeah. a note. Great question. Let them know. Because sometimes people are hurt. They say, I, I was part of a church for 10 years. I, I left and nobody ever contacted me again. Yeah. I see it. Our, our pastors at our church see it. We are responsible whether somebody's leaving because they're upset or can't be here anymore or whether they're moving to another state and, and moving right. away. We have a policy that we feel responsible to shepherd them all the way to them joining another church right. because I, that's yeah. what the covenant right. we agree to I says. I so I have always, so every, every one of these situations, I've tried to always stay in touch. Once they join another church and we get word of that mm -hmm. and we let the church know and we vote and remove them or transfer their membership, I fully relinquish any responsibility okay. and burden for that. All right. So, Jim, will you pray for, for pastors as they try to sort through this really delicate and hard issue? Yeah, we'll do. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the insight and light of your word. We thank you for uh, the application we can have to the throne of grace and wisdom that is promised to those who, who ask. Our Father, we pray as we sort through our own hurt and our own disappointment and shock in these situations that you'd help us to look outside of ourselves and lovingly care for the sheep and to seek their ultimate good. 
And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.